All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Serial, and guess what? You tuned in on one hell of a, of a week, because we're doing our famous San Diego, Diego Comic Con alternative, alternative Spectacular. spectacular. Primetime uh, edition. Primetime edition. Uh, d- depending on when you're listening to it. And we got we got a full house. Well, we actually have, we set up a, a, this really fun thing for, for you listeners. Because we always get our friend Slick McFavorite from, from the Open Your Toys cast to come in, talks about the exclusives, the toys. He's just a great resource. We've also got, of course, me. I'm Dan Grimshay. Uh, we've also got Marky, as always. Marky, where are you? I'm actually in the Mile High City. That's right, Marky. <laughs> and, and we also have, of course, Johnny Heck. Hey, yo. And, and Johnny Heck and I are here in the home, home base here at San Diego. We're we on thought, the mothership in San Diego. Wouldn't it be cool, since we always have to have uh, uh, Slick call into us from Denver, where, where he's located. Let's send Marky out there. Get them together. <laughs> do, like, you know, the, the bi-coastal CBS football coverage. That's Actually, right. Thing. We, we, and then as soon as he plugged in, we realized this is radio. It doesn't flicking matter. They could be in the other room, and we could just say they're in Denver. <laughs> but at least we get to stretch out in the studio. That's, That's right. I'm actually yeah. I'm yeah. sitting in your chair, Marky. So uh, it's gonna be nice and warm when you get back. That's right. <laughs> half half the stupid things you're hearing are coming from San Diego. The other half from Denver, Colorado. Uh, and, and but they're all stupid things. But we are here. Comic-Con. We are here with the best intentions. Oh, kind of puts a lot of pressure on it now, but <laughs> let's, no, not over, here, let's not oversell this things, This is a Mark. public service. This is a public service. The whole point of this episode, every single year, we are sick and tired of Entertainment Weekly coming in and making their special edition Comic-Con preview magazines bunch that are $8. A mm-hmm. bunch of bullshit. A bunch of people that, you that you know, we're not going to wait in line for two days to see Charlie Theron. Or yeah. I might given the right circumstance. But most of the time, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to march for the EW right. We are not going to march. We're not, we are not going to stand in line for this crap. We are objectors. We are objectors. What we want to do is we want to highlight the subcultures of San Diego Comic-Con. We want to talk about the cosplayers, the steampunkers, the LARPers, the toy collectors, the, the small press, the big press, the artist alleys, the all the unwanted uh, toys, all the unwanted toys, Girl and all the name alley, all the stuff Whatever. you could do for free. 
I mean, there is all so the, much you could do for free. You don't need a badge. You don't need the, a pass. Exactly. Yes. All Bemoan the, the size that, that Comic-Con has become all you want, but it actually has created a whole little peripheral phenomenon of anything now even close to the gas lamp area. It's kind of committed to giving you a Comic-Con experience, whether or not you are going to Comic-Con. So take advantage of it if you're in the area. Yeah, if you're anywhere in the area, get your butt to the gas lamp, and you're going to have yourself a great time because there's you are you are bound to see stormtroopers, turtles, teenage of the teenage mutant variety. Mm-hmm. You're bound to see mm-hmm. Harry Just Potter's. One. You're bound to see Transformers, GI Joes walking around, getting Starbucks, having a subway sandwich. They're everywhere in, at the gas lamp downtown San Diego. And you have a so, 50-50 chance of seeing a celebrity, and I'm not just saying that. Yep. Every year I go down there, I see a celebrity. Well, I, I cross that that sounds like 100%. Year. I crossed the street one year with Josh Brolin. I'm not kidding. That really happened. Yeah, but when you jumped Crossed on his street. back for a piggyback ride, it was kind of weird, dude. <laughs> Didn't slow him down at all. No, he's not a at professional. All. He's a yeah. beast. He's a beast. So that's what we are about. We are about the subcultures of Comic-Con. And so we're going to spend the next, hopefully, 45 minutes <laughs> talking about those subcultures and trying to, trying to get you guys away. For those of you that are lucky enough to go, you should be taking notes because this is these are the things you want to do because these are things that you can do. You're not going to be stuck all day waiting in line to do these things. Yeah, we, so, we want to touch on even a few things that even if you don't have a, a pass to get into the convention yeah. center at all this year, there's still stuff to do. But if you're lucky enough to have a pass, my friend, Hall H is big, but you are far from guaranteed a seat in there. Even if you get in there, don't bank on that. Be ready to do something else. And, hey, what is something else they can do? I'm glad you tuned in. That's all we're talking about. That's all we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And actually, I I, I actually want to kick this whole thing off. That's about time someone uh, did. uh, Most of... Most of what we talk about, you guys can see some supportive articles on MattyPRadio.com. And one of the first things that that I put up was this very special announcement. It's immerse into the world of the tick at Amazon Prime Video's SDCC 2017 tick takeover. And if you guys don't know where it is, it's in the Martin Luther King promenade. And as a matter of fact, uh, at the premiere of this particular episode that you're listening to right now, it's open right now. It starts on uh, – well, actually, there's a press preview on Wednesday, July 19th, but it's going to be open to all Comic-Con attendees and maybe some stragglers on July 20th. Uh, That's the Thursday. It's going to be from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. The MLK Promenade is across the street from the convention center. It's across the train tracks, across the street. It's kind of in between a couple of homeless people and some of those high-rise condos, okay? Um, And if you're still lost, if you go on MattyPRadio.com, I actually made a map. It's on there. Uh, It's very clear of where this thing is. And um, what it is is uh, our beloved comic book favorite is back and more hilarious and righteous than ever. Amazon Prime is bringing uh, the tick back to TV of some kind. See, and that's uh, all, and this is a, this is, I know it started as a comic book, but it has been to television so many times. Yep. And I, and this is one of the only projects where I don't think they should put a bullet in it. 
I'm excited. I voted for this on the same Amazon here. Prime. Did you watch the Did yeah. you watch the trailer or mm-hmm. the pilot? Yeah, same here. It was awesome. Yeah, and well, I and totally forgot about it until they made the announcement recently. Well, and just yesterday they just dropped the first official trailer. So again, check out our website. We're going to have a link to it. Uh, MaddiePRadio.com. We're going to have a link to the first official uh, trailer uh, for the tick. But you guys can live the tick. You guys can get Lyme disease uh, at Comic Con, <laughs> and uh, it's re- it's really cool. They have the tick takeover. There's Goat's Deli. There's Arthur's apartment. There's the warehouse, and there's the city police station. These are all places that you can walk around. It's based on the locations that are in the show. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. And again, you don't even have to be inside Comic-Con to do this. This is so the alternate show. it's like VR without yep. a headset. Correct. You're actually that is, So it's next this, level technology. It's just VR. This it's is just the future R. of video games. It's just right. R. It's just yeah. R. Reality. It's just R. This is, it's, I, it's just reality. I can't wait because I have been a longtime Tick fan, and I know, and I would love to hear what uh, Slick has to say about it. Yeah. Um, I I am excited because, uh, yeah, longtime Tick fan. Uh, one of uh, maybe the saddest moments in my entire life, but yet one of the happiest moments in my entire life is uh, I came home from college for my 21st birthday. And uh, didn't give people enough notice, couldn't get a hold. This is pre-cell phone days. Couldn't get a hold of any of my friends. So I spent my 21st birthday watching a tick marathon (laughs) on a 13-inch color TV in my room, which was now my mom's craft room, on a <laughs> twin blow-up mattress, That's drinking and, and hiding it because even though it was my 21st birthday, I didn't want my parents to know I had a fucking bottle of vodka in their house. <laughs> so uh, that's how much I love the tick. It, it was amazing, and uh, you're my only friend for a while. <laughs> Yeah. Funny um, because when I turned 21, I went to a strip club and I have an equal level of appreciation for that. And he got ticks yeah. afterwards. He came home with a bunch of ticks on him. So I, it, similar. I still ended up with Lyme disease. Right. <laughs> they it's, like, yeah. it's like that describes the 90s so well. Didn't have cell phones, 13 inch TV. <laughs> Couldn't get a hold of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, did your was your pager blowing up, bro? Were you getting a lot of pages? <laughs> did you try to hit him on the hip? I remember that that saying. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, well, yeah, that's epically sad. I, I actually I could almost hear the Bruce Banner walking away at the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 21. Oh man! Oh, my I feel God. terrible uh, because I I know I would have been around for that. Slick, I don't. I, I'm trying to remember where I was in late December. I don't know, 1996 or something. But uh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have an excuse. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of when I. Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't even know when I was 21. I was probably doing uh, all the same see, things, so, but just with the four Nickies instead. <laughs> including so, yeah, the shame. I, including I the shame. Yeah, of course. Good. Yeah. Good. You, you buy the 40 of Mickey's, the shame comes for free. <laughs> Complimentary paper bag bottle. for your shame, sir. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. 
Hey, I did a I did a build a six pack the other day, and one of the options was a Mickey wide mouth grenade. Yeah. So I was, oh. hell yeah. Fuck oh, this yeah. Uh, awesome. Colorado micro brew yeah. IPA eighty six fucking IBU. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want Mickey's and a big mouth grenade. But, and this, uh, and this, and I, I make, hope this doesn't feel too forceful, but this is exactly why we bring you on to talk about the alternatives to Comic Con. Because we are we are the big mouth Mickey's grenade. Of in, right. in BuzzFeed's build a six pack IPA high IBU media world, and not for nothing, Mark E is the is the is the purveyor. We 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 have a couple cocktails before we go in, so uh, we're, we're no stranger to a little bit of a grenade action. Yeah, as a matter of fact, new segment this year, everybody. Uh, we're we're, we're going to find out what cocktail Marquee recommends for putting into your, your Camelback <laughs> 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 to well, take I, you through gonna, an eight-hour day on your feet. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, stick with clear liquors. It's much less conspicuous. Yeah. Mm. That uh, bottle of yeah, water so Marquee has, that ain't it's water, It's vodka sir. or rum. That's what it is. Yeah, that's basically what it is. So, yeah, uh, look, um, a lot of... Um, for the Comic Con official representatives, I'm not drunk all the time. <laughs> no, I don't. You so, don't. Yeah. You don't really have a chance to get drunk, even if you drink all <laughs> no, day. You Comic-Con. sweat it all out. Yeah, you're you not, sweat it all out. You're yeah. nuts to bugs yeah. with 80 million people, and and it's always hot. <laughs> and yeah, you're just sweating it out, man. It's yeah. it's it's how we stay alive. We're hydrated. Did you say? With, did you say nuts to bugs? Nuts to bugs. <laughs> And he found sweaty, an, another with, another spot to use that with, in with, real life with sweaty <laughs> with sweaty fellow geeks and nerds and everybody yep. else just banging against each other just sweating balls all day and yep. I, I I'm not complaining but it's well, just and you know you know what's funny about that too is um, you know when you're in line which is obviously and we're going to talk about you're going to hear a lot of this as a running theme here when you're in line that's going to that's going to preface a lot of what we say but when you're in line and you're talking to the guy in front of you the guy behind you. Um, you would, I mean, if you're sipping on something and it's laced, what have you, all you got to do is just kind of tilt it at them and just, you know, hey, you know, as, as like an offering nine times out of 10, they take it and they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's like so relieved to have a little, <laughs> to get a little buzz, you know? Um, so it's not just me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not just you, Johnny Heck. Um, <laughs> no. you know, this is something that is, this is universal. This is another part of alternate Comic Con is just kind of being a little a little laced as you're kind of going through. Um, <laughs> Dude, let's, no, let's please not, let's not forget. Don't lose your wits. Outside you know? of Comic Con, especially with the free things, there are numerous bars right numerous. steps away from Comic Con. They all have Comic Con related parties, and they're throwing drinks at you. I was walking by one uh, uh, one bar a couple of years ago. You have a Comic Con badge? Yeah, two free drink tickets. And then you walk yep. in, and then they just give you even more. Be- so let's, you know, let's cut the shit on that one. They, they want you to get a little loaded when you're, when you're downtown. As a matter yep. of fact, yep. I think we could, we could almost recommend those parties as a Comic-Con alternative, except they've gotten too big now. Yeah, you have to RSVP we couldn't even, for like Even like the, uh, the cosplay things, we couldn't even yeah, recommend um, it because you can't get in probably. No. 
It's a Hall H situation yeah. all over again with these. It's eating the fringes. Yeah. It's spreading like well, a disease. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, and that actually kind of reminds me of something that is really super fun and really easy. Like this, you can walk into without any hesitation. All right. Every Saturday night of, of San Diego Comic-Con is the big masquerade ball. This is a cosplayer's dream. Everybody makes their own costume. And they actually prance out on stage to some kind of music and they do some kind of little quick little dance or little performance of some kind. You know, some, like an interpretive dance of whatever what you would costume they're like wearing. Like a fashion show. Kind of. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it's, like yeah, exactly. It's very, like it's a very fashion, fashion show. show. I think it's direct. Is there a little catwalk? Yeah. yeah. The little yeah, groove it's, it's not, on the catwalk? It's, it's not really a catwalk. They just kind of come on stage and go off okay. stage to. It's maybe it lasts 30 seconds, right? But every single attend, every single participant, it's very unique. It's very fun. And I've never actually been in ballroom 20 to see it, but you can actually go into any of like the big rooms. They will simulcast it. And if you go into the pavilion, I'm not kidding you. This is the only place in comic con where this will happen. They have cookies, pretzels, lemonade, and tea. They have tables, a big TV that shows it. Everybody is kind of a little wiped from the day. Everybody's just kind of chilling, enjoying watching the the masquerade. And then after they're done, after it's over, a DJ comes out, lights pop up, and every all these geeks and nerds are dancing and having a great time. So uh, I highly recommend on Saturday night, if you can't get into one of these fancy RSVP parties, with Chris Hardwick and all of his goons, yeah. then if that's maybe... not your plan already, then you probably aren't. Right. You don't have your <laughs> yeah. ticket in hand. Hey, hey, Mark, isn't this... This is like the all-star game of cosplay. This isn't your yes. average, yeah. yep. and, 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 and not the shit on any other con, but this is it. This is the best of the best. People are putting is, their stuff pe- together all year. People travel from, like, Europe and Everywhere. China and shit to compete. These are baseball. your huge, like, the best cosplay in the world, probably. And it's a contest, too, no? I mean, isn't it, like, a best of or different categories? Yeah. Yeah, they have, like, winners and stuff like that. And, you know, like, but it's like, it's like one of those competitions where everybody that's on stage is a winner already. You know, you, like, you're... <laughs> right. You, great you, Miss Universe. Uh, you can't even get. Yeah, you can't even get on that stage unless you're highly accomplished in that field. You know, like they're they're amazing. Um, but so you're saying I'm we can't about, be a scrappy underdog team that just nope. shows up, signs up the last minute. Nope. Damn nope. it! You like I'm taking back my Captain America costume I bought. It. There are no there are no <laughs> mighty ducks in cosplay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so. So yeah, I think this is, uh, but this is this is something that's really fun for everybody to do on Saturday night. It, it's it's kind of a to way to you. unwind. Yeah. And for those of you that are single and ready to mingle, I highly recommend this. Like, this is a really good place to pick up on hot chicks. But ask before you take similar. a picture. Ask before you <laughs> take a picture. And that, Cost ladies and gentlemen, is a marquee skirting very close to coming out as a furry. Uh, <laughs> next up. So, so all right, one recommendation all right. that Saturday night when, uh, when, when you've been going hard at it all weekend. You can go check out the Masquerade Ball. A little something to come down with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's room for all. Maybe not in the ballroom, but there are enough like remote viewing locations right. where you're saying they're just giving you cookies and stuff. Yeah, it's just really fun. It's really low key. It's 
It's air-conditioned. And for some reason, every week of Comic-Con is the hottest week in San Diego. Oh, of course. So you're no so you're so relieved there, to be baby. inside. Yeah, this is a really good thing to do on Saturday. I really recommend don't even don't go to the actual masquerade. Go to one of the simulcasts. I recommend the uh, pavilion uh, and they break out into a DJ dance party right after. And it's a lot of fun. So that's another alternative um, thing to do at Comic-Con. But keeping on the theme of not even stepping foot inside of the convention center, <laughs> which again, you're going to be tempted to do because it's a mat. A hundred thousand people are in there. Uh, but there, body heat the, alone, <laughs> body heat alone, nuts to butts. Uh, out, outside of Fucking that, still my uh, line, man. You're still my line, man. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm creatively, uh, applying it to this particular situation now, where we could actually, look at me, we look could at actually me help you. We could actually help you guys right now. Uh, stay outside. There is a at the Hilton Bayfront right in front. There's a huge grass lawn and there's always a couple of really cool installations. One year they had every single movie and TV Batmobile. Right. No, I'm I remember Shay, that. You remember that? Oh, no, I remember so cool. that well. All right. Oh, that, and that's Starting, where they had the, that Gotham ride, that zip the line Gotham thing. ride. Yeah. That the was the only line. place that's at, where they had the Simpson world. It's like yep. it's the only place in the thick of it with enough uh, outdoor floor space. To put up yeah. something like that. So that's how you and, uh, and you can also see a line that goes about a mile for Hall H. So all these people that are waiting for Hall H are in front and around this park. I'm not kidding. I'm literally nope. they are literally around this huge park waiting to get into Hall H. Go flaunt your freedom of, at them. Exactly. Flaunt your freedom and check out F Exhibition. This uh this is the 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 FX studio. They bring some of their hottest properties. Uh, these are the guys that do. Um, they do the Legion. They do American Horror Story. The American Horror Story. They do Atlanta. They do Archer, and they do The Strain. So all of these shows have their own exhibit inside of the ex- exhibition. Um, that's beginning on July seventeenth. They have the FX Scene Stealer. The Strain Sun Protection Station, Snowfall Lacing Station, Archer Wet Bar, and it's actually literally a wet bar where they're going to give you water. <laughs> and I, I love uh, it. they have and the FX Swag Box, uh, which is a a, brand, a branded claw machine to distribute limited edition prizes. So you get to go in there and play one of those. You know what do you call them? Uh, the, what do you call it? It's like the claw, the, 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 the hoof, paw, the hoof. The, hoof, the hoof, yeah. So it's got the FX swag box. Uh, they All of that is outside. And one of the highlights of it for me is the strain. And uh, new to the strain is a f- dear friend of the show. Grim, tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, well, let me tell you about, well, it's a Kaz, Kaz Anvar. A lot of people will try and call him Kaz uh, Avnar. Don't listen to that. <laughs> uh, uh, no, he's uh, he's an old friend of the show. He was one of the first people we talked to here on the show. Uh, got to talk to him again just recently. He is uh, he's in the Expanse over at Sci-Fi, like their uh-huh. biggest hit right now. He's in the Strain, Guillermo del Toro's uh, big one at FX, which you, which you mentioned. Uh, he uh, is hopefully going to be at 
Comic Con. We did just get some breaking news that his uh, his uh, appearance in Autograph Row has been canceled. Uh, but I think that might mean that one of the panels got elevated, so he's not going to be available that time. Maybe so. And so you he's keep also, your eye out for it. And he's also the star of of a oh, a of project course. of the heart for us. Something we have, we have done. We have devoted hours and hours of of our time and yours, you, you poor <laughs> listeners too, is uh, the project Nobility, which finally does have a home. Uh, it's yep. been, and we'll it's tell been you hitting up Comic-Con for yeah. years, but now it's yeah. actually out there, and we're going to finally reveal where uh, coming up after this interview that I am so proud to present. Hey, Magic Interview Machine, get off your ass. Give us some Cass Anvar. Meanwhile, thanks for tuning in. We are talking to one of our favorites ever here on the show, Mr. Cass Anvar. Hi, Cass. How you doing today? I'm doing right good. All right. Uh, you are. You were one of the very first guests that we ever spoke to on this show, but uh, three, four years ago, um, back when you were you were still coming up in television, and we were a rinky-dink little internet radio show. Uh, and oh, yeah. here you are, uh, starring in two of the biggest shows on cable, and well, we're still a rinky-dink internet uh, radio show, but <laughs> that's not the point. We've still got you on the line. Uh, listen, first, let me talk about The Expanse, because this is one of my sure. personal favorite shows on the air right now. Obviously, you're a man of taste. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's been uh, – I've fought poor taste my whole life, and finally, I think I've got it down. Now you uh, got it down. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Now, the uh, I know the second season is just wrapping up. Um, well, actually, it is wrapped. We are about to start season three. Oh, no. I... We, um, we we finished season two um, a few months ago, and uh, season three we're going to start shooting it in about a week or so. Oh, hot damn. Well, I, I know I the reason I'm behind on this show is because mm-hmm. I recently cut the cord. So I Oh, you I, don't have TV anymore. I don't have TV. Well, see, now that's not entirely true because I do have I you have all a TV. over the the streaming stuff so I can still use yeah. the actual TV. So this is what I'm into now. I like to wait until entire okay. seasons are done. I find them and I binge them. And you shows, are a binger. You are a fellow binger. I know what you mean, man. Well, especially with a show like The Expanse when when one episode ends, it is literally yeah. painful to me. To realize that I've got to wait any longer, so yeah, I hear you. Coming from both sides of the of the issue, then, do you think I'm doing the right thing, or should I just uh, start watching it week to week again? Well, it's it's twofold. Um, there's two things. I personally, as a viewer, I love to binge. I love to be able to watch a few episodes at a time. Um, the reality of our world is that um, you know the the networks are the ones that pay the bills. The networks are the ones that greenlight the new seasons. And when um, when they have high viewership on the days that the shows air initially, they say, "Holy crap, this is a popular show. Let's bring in another season." So um, it's kind of a it's kind of a a split thing where uh, we need the networks to know how well the show is being received, but at the same time, you know, you should be able to watch. My suggestion is this. This is how I do it. Watch it when it airs, and then rewatch it because it's complex as heck mm. when it when it streams. That's well. Uh, see, I was afraid that I was I was I was not doing any service 
to your show, and now it's confirmed, and I feel terrible about it. <laughs> or the other way to do it is um, to this, this sends the same message. When it comes out on Amazon Prime in the U.S., um, buy the whole season. I think it costs like 30 bucks. I just got it from my parents, actually. <clears throat> I bought um, all of season two off Amazon Prime so they could watch it. My mom was bugging me because she didn't understand one of the episodes. And she goes, can you watch it with me and explain it to me? And so I... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went over it with her, and um, she goes, and then it went over to the next episode, and I was going to have to buy two. I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy the whole season, and you know, it's thirty bucks for thirteen episodes. It's not too bad, and um, that also sends the same message to the networks because it's all about viewership, and and um, those those uh, purchases register with them as well. Okay, good, because that is actually how about a year ago I saw the first season is I bought it. I think on, oh, yeah. it might have been iTunes or Amazon, one of the two, I imagine. It was a number one download on iTunes for months, believe oh. it or not. We were the number one download on iTunes for several months. Right, well, so. that's that's a bandwagon I was on, so you know what? Oh, yeah. After further consideration, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for your patronage. All right, and and I could spend hours just talking about the nuances because it is uh, it's a it's a tricky show. I believe it or not, I've had my mother call me to ask me to explain more than a couple really? of episodes of the first season. Maybe we should do. Maybe we should make a little club like the uh, the mothers of the expanse. Oh, oh, I love it. So, so all the mothers of all the people involved or fans of the show can kind of collaborate and get stuff figured out. And they can have like a frequently asked questions board on the internet. I think that would be very useful. <laughs> that's that's and my mom can run it. <laughs> well, we might be giving my mom too much credit to uh, think she could find it, but that's that's not the point. Uh, it's just it's one of those it's one of those awesome shows that is flat out entertaining and yet is one of the more intelligently written things out there. Yeah, we're we're really we're so proud of it. I mean. Honestly, I was just out to dinner with Naren Shankar um, and some of the writers and uh, Wes Chatham, uh, who plays Amos, uh, last night. And we were just meeting here in L.A. before we fly out to Toronto and start shooting season three just to talk about the season. And uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it in great detail because we were so excited about getting back together again, which is such a rare thing in this industry where – um, you have a group of people, a large group of people. We have like seven or eight leads on this show, plus our producers and our writers. And it's like it's about 20 or 30 people um, all in all that are kind of like our core. And we all love each other, and we all can't wait to get back together again. And there's, there's not a, an ego or an attitude uh, in the bunch, and that is so rare. And it shows on screen because the work that comes on screen is kind of um, – it's 100% collaboration, and it's everybody working towards the greater good of the project. There is no one trying to showcase or grandstand or, or draw attention, and everyone cares about the story, and everyone cares about the, the story that the fans are getting. Uh, so – it's a it's a real dream job. Like I was telling Wes yesterday, I was like, you know what? This is the kind of job we all work our entire careers on in order to get, uh, and we've got that right now. 
you know, in the middle of our career. So we're really, really fortunate and we're really excited. We just love, can't believe we're getting paid to do this job. Oh, see, no, that's, that's awesome that you're enjoying it as well. And I also think it's adorable that you're, that you're so convinced this is just the middle of your career. Good on you. Oh. <laughs> uh, but also apparently not satisfied with having the greatest things and sliced bread. Uh, you also uh, decided to go ahead and do another hit show on FX, the strain, you know, so what, well, I got what, half a year, off, I got buddy? half a year where I'm not doing nothing. So I got to find something. <laughs> so, so this is your beer. It's so funny. Show. Well, it's so funny because, um, I mean, the expanse is my, is my, uh, like in the industry, we say main window show. It's the, it's the show that you're like, is your priority and, and they have to kind of give you permission to, to work on other shows. Um, and the strain came along at exactly the right time. Their their shooting schedule was exactly the opposite of of this, uh, the expanse. Literally, the day that the last day of the strain shoot was the day before my first day of the expanse. So I literally flew from New York to Toronto after I finished shooting my last day on the strain, and then next day started shooting. The expanse and, and um when it finished when i finished the expanse i started shooting the strain uh four days later and and this doesn't fill you with rage rage no this does not fill me with rage there's there's definitely um no negative feelings towards that kind of perfect scenario there it's like a perfect storm yep there you go as long as you're working yep and the beauty of it is the characters are so different my uh my role of uh, Alex Kamal is so completely antithetical to um, to um, what I'm doing on the strain with Sanjay Desai. Mm, what? Do, do you ever get a little confused uh, jumping from set to set so fast like that, and then uh, and no, then just screw no. the whole take up? No, I mean I've I've been I've worked in the past where um, I uh, I literally am doing two or three jobs in a two day period. So I'll like have a morning shoot and an afternoon shoot and then a third job the next day. And honestly, I love it. Like, I mean, it's challenging. You got to really keep your head in the game. You got to stay focused and you got to not let yourself get distracted, but I love it. It's very stimulating. Awesome. Well, well, in that case, I, 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 I'm jealous that you were doing so well in what I'm convinced is still the beginning of your career. Human beings will oh, live thanks. to 160 coming up soon. Awesome. So, so you're going to want to get that good SAG health insurance. Um, <laughs> okay. A good and, uh, well, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but just in case no uh, a busy guy like you has anything else you want to plug, uh, I'll, here's 30 seconds. Use it. It's yours. Well, I'll tell you that The Strain is going to premiere season four on July 16th. So Strain fans... Keep your uh, DVRs programmed and and show up live. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some live tweeting. So July 16th and the Expanse. I'm going to start shooting it uh, three days before that. It, see, my my little cycle has not ended. <laughs> yep. yep, you're still trapped. <laughs> Season three in there. starts. We start on July 12th. We're going to go until probably the end of the year, and then uh, there will not be a lot of wait after we finish shooting the season before you guys get. Episode one of season three of The Expanse, and uh, I just read it, by the way, and holy moly. Ooh, any spoilers you want to drop here? We're not above that. Oh, 
<laughs> I would, I would, if um, if uh, if I didn't uh, have you know the fear of God for my my bosses. They they are very very strict. Uh, maybe once they start shooting uh, and there's some set photos that are released then we can we can tease a little bit uh, but i gotta read the whole season i have to i don't even know what the whole season is i don't know what happens to alex yeah yeah this might be your least favorite season and uh it might be yeah you're gonna want to see how long they booked your hotel for uh well okay. as a, as as a host i'm disappointed but as a fan i thank you for not doing that uh in fact i no think problem. i'm gonna head over to amazon prime i'm gonna get me the whole second season I'm going to sit down for go. the next 18 hours with that. Uh, you head back home to Canada. On a big HDTV. Oh, that's right. Make sure it's a big HDTV. Because mm-hmm. I, I saw the premiere of season two on a giant screen in, um, um, I think it was New Jersey um, uh, or, or New York. We did the premiere out there at one of the Alamo theaters. Mm-hmm. And I saw it in HD on the giant screen with Dolby surround sound. And these shows hold up uh, in in that world of the feature film. Oh, my God. So the bigger the screen, the better. There is so much to look at. Oh, yeah. It's it's full on, you know, AAA blockbuster production value on this show. Yeah. Which is, I know, it's yeah. one of the things that sci-fi invested in to say we're turning it around and you are a great example of it over there. All right. Uh, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to say thank you one more time as a fan, most of all. Uh, and when you finish uh, filming the next season and uh, we get that out right before you go film The Strain, call us back. We'll do this all over again. Absolutely. And I'm going to be – we're all going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. So uh, third week of July, anybody wants to meet the cast, we're all going to be there. There's going to be a panel, probably some autographs. I'm definitely going to be doing autographs. Um, so anyone wants to come and meet the cast of The Expanse, San Diego Comic-Con. Third week of July. Third oh, week Saturday of July. morning cereal is always at Comic Con, so we will see you there. Thank yes, you so sir. much, Cass. Have a good one and travel safely you up too. there. <laughs> All right. That's right, everybody. Everybody remember the Incredible Hulk Sados cereal? <laughs> We're not around for very long. Uh, so anyway, that was uh, Cass uh, Anvar. Again, not Cass Avnar. No, that's someone else. Cass Anvar. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked about the strain. We talked about, uh, of course, the expanse. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, I think we touched on on life, on God, on politics, uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, but a big takeaway is we did not mention nobility. It was a short interview. We didn't have time to get into everything, of course. And, you know, almost every other time we've talked to him, it's been all about this juggernaut nobility. Yeah. We have a lot of nobility um, in our in our past show. So I think we've covered it, but there are some updates. Yeah, there's kind yeah. of the biggest update. I mean, hopefully there'll I be actually... bigger ones coming somewhere down. But we've been in limbo from when their pilot was produced and it was ready to go. I think it was last uh, Comic Con. It was at it was at Kamikaze was the debut. That of was it. the debut, but there was it's arguable if it truly debuted there. And you can listen to our past episodes and mm-hmm. get caught up on that controversy on your own time, partner. We don't have time for that. Yeah, but then they actually yeah. had the finished, polished product last Comic-Con. So that went out into the ether, and now we can announce yeah. 
very good chance you can go and see it for free now through Amazon Prime. Yes, that's, that's where they right. Land Finally. Yep. It's there. I actually watched the first. Uh, I think it's only. It's a three episode like mini season. I think is what it is. Well, I think um, I, I haven't watched it all in its current iteration, but I'm pretty sure they just kind of uh, chopped up and slightly re-edited the pilot, which was like a good 50 okay. minutes or so, into three episodes. That's what they did. And so you got like uh, three like 18 minute uh, segments out of this. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that have not heard our show before, uh, Nobility is heralded as Firefly meets The Office with the Star Trek twist. Um, and the series, it showcases unlikely quirky heroes who at times can be anything but noble. Wink, wink. That's why they're called mm-hmm. Nobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it just goes and, to show how long this has been in development since uh, Firefly, The Office, and Star Trek were all kind of still had relevance. <laughs> yeah. We've we've had this nobility poster we're looking at right now in our studio. I think since the show started, right? I, I mean, think no, this this was after because when we first talked to them, they couldn't afford posters. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Long before their yeah. poster days. Uh but it is finally I believe got a actually home. the future um, is not totally set, but you can go and watch it for free on Amazon Prime. Don't have Amazon Prime. Get it. Uh, or just do the like one month free trial and then cancel it. And this speaks to uh, other conversations we have in previous shows, which which you should download. But we talk about how the fans dictate the narrative and dictate the shows. If enough people watch this, it will become more. So it's up to you, true believers. Get on this. Check this show out. It's really worth it. It's it's been a lot of work, and um, as you can see, Cass is a great great dude, great interview. So definitely check it out. This was produced by EJ. Um, he's been on our show many our times. Buddy, he's, De La Pena. Yeah, he's one Former of our. He's one of the star, best interviews. Production uh, Dynamo. He, Dynamo. Yeah, yeah. He's. I just. I. I just think the world of him. He is. He is one of us. He's a sci-fi Absolutely. geek. He. He grew up going to these conventions. Um, I just. I just think he's amazing. Uh, the show also stars um, Walter Koenig, Doug Jones. Um, mm-hmm. They're also in this. Uh, it stars, and a lot of these guys have been guests of ours because the producers of this show have been really, really kind to us. Yeah, Darren we've had Jacobs, a great relationship with Mary Jo, James Kason, Adrian Jane. Wilkinson, they've all been on our show, um, and it's just something that we were happy to support this show. We kind of grew up. I believe they. Uh, we we actually started talking about this series on our second show. We're fifty eight episodes in. This is our fifty ninth um, show, um, and they've been with us the whole time. And we were relieved when it finally came out, and that it turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, because you know, you just never know. Well, and, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you hit your you hit your wagon to something, and you don't know how it's going to turn out. You're like, Goo, yeah. Right. yeah, it is. Yeah. For a it few is years. really. We kind of drank uh, EJ's Kool Aid because in the early days, yep. that's all there was. He was like, I got this great idea, and then you just talk to the guy, and he yeah. got you excited. And I think that's how we got everybody. You know, such a great roster of people involved. It's just through the sheer force of EJ. I could see that. I, I met EJ. Mark and I were talking to him at a Comic-Con. I think it was two years ago, Marky. And yeah. we were just rapping. And all of a sudden, an hour goes by. And yeah, it was like, an hour later. Yeah, and, and you're just talking. And, yeah, just a just great 
great people involved. So it's it's worth your time. We wouldn't bullshit you. This is definitely worth your time. So and they are um, the production company that EJ owns is called uh, Cowboy Errant. And they will be at booth 1949 this year at Comic-Con. So they are fan favorites. There's always somebody there. You can meet Doug Jones, Walter Koenig. Uh, You can meet. um, He's doing some project with Bai Ling. She's very recognizable. Like if we were to do that that one one gal. She would definitely be a great that. candidate for it. Yeah. She was in Anna and the King, Skycap. I'm actually, of course, I'm reading this from IMDb, a little IMDb reading for everybody. Don't, um, break, the, don't break the fourth wall, Marky. Just pretend <laughs> you, you knew it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so she was actually at their booth because they're actually doing a project with her next. Um, and uh, I'm not going to pretend that I remember what that project is. So instead, on Thursday, I'm going to go to booth 1949 and i'm going to ask about that i think you guys should do the same these guys are great people and again there's not a large line here that's so right you can this go isn't to... a panel this isn't like yeah. a giant uh, tech demo display game experience this is a booth this is the backbone yep. of the of the comic-con so you can go drop by a booth at any time and these are the great best ones and if you want a real alternative Screw it. Stay in your hotel room. Open up your laptop. Amazon Prime. Nobility. <laughs> at least three episodes, around 20 minutes apiece. There you go. There's your big alternative guy. Yeah. Uh, so um, Cass was definitely a big part of it. He actually played the, the captain of the uh, Nobility. And um, he is also the captain on The Expanse. Uh, Johnny Heck, how can we catch up with The Expanse at Comic-Con? The Expanse, actually, you know, before you get to the panel, they are sci-fi. Sci-fi is going balls out this year, and I'm really impressed with what they're doing. Um, They're doing a lot. Uh, But what's really cool is they're doing a escape room. Um, for those of you who don't know, escape room is... What the hell is this? Let old old Johnny tell you. Well, (laughs) it's basically you go in a room and they lock the door behind you. And you go in and you're trying to figure out clues with your buddies... And try to get yep. out of the room. You try to get out, try to escape. So it is pretty uh, self explanatory. They, yeah, they actually did this with uh, Apocalypse last year, with the X Men Apocalypse last year. And I actually found a way out of one of the puzzles. So I actually I did this last year uh, for the X Men Apocalypse um, exhibit. And, and it's a lot yeah. of fun. And that, and yeah, the, I actually, yeah. I live to tell it. And it what that it's means, really fun, guys. If, if yeah. Mark E could do it. Ladies and Anybody gentlemen, can. you could do it. Stop by. <laughs> Absolutely. Th- hey, it's it's Thursday through Sunday. It's between Second Avenue and J Street. No badges required. It's ten, 10 a to seven p most or almost all the day. So another freebie going down to the escape room, and then um, Sci-Fi has all their shows including the Expanse um, and and panels. So you can check out Cass and the crew of the Expanse. Um, if obviously if you're in Comic Con. To check them out. And, and also, this is, if you guys haven't seen this show, this is one of, it's probably the best sci fi show on TV, right? I mean, it's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely fills of it is. It was like uh, the sci fi channel's announcement to the world that we're done with the Sharknado stuff. They're still we're going <laughs> back to highly produced. No, Sharknado still makes still them a lot of money. That, but they wanted but... to say, hey, we can still be taken seriously. It's right. not like yeah. the last eight years or whatever. Yeah, this is, I think this is the heir apparent 
to Battlestar Galactica in some exactly. ways, in some ways, yeah. but uh, it's pretty popular. And not for nothing, uh, not to segue too much, but there's also a Battlestar Galactica reunion panel at Comic-Con this year with Ron Moore and a lot of the leading ladies from BSG. A full guest list not announced yet, but uh, BSG is going to be there, so. Man. You just, you just can't kill that show. No. Why would you? It, it, there, there's, a, there's a new sign Caprica coming tried. back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, that's just, that's definitely one of the shows that, like, uh, it's in a, a top five. You know, if, if there was, like, a Desert Island TV shows, for me, Battlestar Galactica would be one of the top five for me. Do you, is that the I kind of thing, like, if you're it. having trouble falling asleep, uh, you'll randomly stream that? No, in because I want to watch it. Oh, that yeah. Could be no, up it's too dangerous man. for that. I got to watch, like, Roseanne or something. That, that'll put me to sleep. Like You know what? It's like my... <laughs> well, that's a, that's, a, my... that's a weird sound to fall asleep to. <laughs> my favorite show to just have on is The Office because I don't really have to pay attention to it. It can be on in the background. I could be vacuuming or doing some office work, whatever. And it's no big deal. If Battlestar Galactica is on... My eyes don't come off the TV. All right, you, you know? get you get good. you have to be into it to appreciate it. Ex- yes, All it's right. an so amazing it's show. Uh, and- uh, uh, hey, slick, slick. Do you have a fall asleep to streaming show? I'm curious. Uh, let's see. What? Oh, right now it's uh, Mr. Show. Mr. I've, show. I, oh, I use that I one have, sometimes too. I have. Well, and and see, here's the bad part: is I've never seen it. And because it is so far removed, we're talking about Mr. Show is uh, my freshman year in college. Like, it, it, the reason why it's my streaming fall asleep show is because it's really boring to me. It, it's, not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not cutting edge 22 years later, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it was, but, the subject uh, matter was kind of what they would try and do. It's, I, I still, and, but I kind of agree with you. <laughs> it is still a brilliant show, but it happens. Yeah. And I do the same thing with uh, uh, Kids in the Hall, and I think that's mm-hmm. a brilliant show, oh, too. Yeah. But it, it is was. very yeah. easy to fall asleep to at this point because anything that happens at a breakneck pace on a show like that, I've already got it memorized. It doesn't even register yeah. with me. Exactly. Well, exactly. now, um, Sci-Fi or Sifi. As they said, they were going to switch back. I thought they promised me. I just saw it's like a brand new yellow logo. Yeah, they they doubled uh, yeah. down on it. If anything, oh, yeah, it's still a, it's still the worst idea in production history. But anyway, what they do have since and episode one, anyway, I can't. Johnny although had, I mean, if you gotta if you're like googling something on their network, I can see the advantage to having your own spelling of sci-fi. But yeah, uh, it's just stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. It's it's lazy. It's a bunch of suits just uh sci-fi is dorky. Let's let's like cool this up a little bit. Put some wise in there. <laughs> it's stupid. But um all right. So, uh Ghost Wars. I know Johnny Hex excited about this. Yes. Uh Ghost Wars is uh is like the new show. They're going to debut it. There's an exclusive first look of sci-fi's newest paranormal action series. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday, July. It's going to be on Saturday, July twenty second. The stars include you guys. Get a load of this, Vincent D'Onofrio. You guys know him, Jurassic World, Daredevil, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy, Meatloaf, 
for some reason, they put Fight Club, but we all know that Meatloaf is fucking Meatloaf. Right, um, yes. And then at at this month's uh, San Diego Comic-Con, it's where fans will also get an exclusive first look at the eagerly awaited uh, haunting new thriller. And I got a special awesome announcement is that Maddie P Radio uh, got two spots in the press room. So we're going to have an opportunity to talk, at least in some way, with Vincent D'Onofrio, Kim Coates, um, Candace McClure, she's in Battlestar Galactica, and of course, Meatloaf himself. Um, they're all going to be there. We're going to have a, you know, a question and answer, a press room style. We're going to actually be able to talk to them. Um, and if anybody wants us that to ask awesome. a question for them, if anybody wants to ask a question, and we can be your vessel. So text at Stay Classy SDCC. Any question you want us to ask the Ghost Wars cast, we'll make sure that you are tagged when I ask the question. So I'm going to say, at Big Cans wants to know, you know, <laughs> whatever you guys want to know. Um, so I, I will are, tag Are we whatever. still following at Big Cans? Did <laughs> yeah. we have to talk about this? Why, why would we not? Why would we stop following Big Cans? I, I follow Big Cans wherever they are. Um, yeah, but this is a 13-hour episode, hour-long drama. It's going to premiere again on site on CFE this fall, uh, and it's going to go on Netflix in 2017. Uh, later on in 2017, so this show looks awesome. Um, my understanding of it is is that it's a it's a movie about ghosts that are in war. So <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Very insightful, good sir. Very insightful. Yes, dude. Some I'm, kind of battle of some kind. I'm stoked on this show. Again, there's not a lot too much out there about the show other than the cast, but the guy behind it, his name is Simon Barry. He did a show that wrapped up about a year ago or so called Continuum, and for my money, oh, one yeah. of the best sci-fi it's shows good. I've yep. seen. Yep. M- Maybe ever. It was uh, time travel oriented. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, it's on. Oh, it's so binge worthy. It is so good. It wrapped up well. I'm not familiar with it, uh, but but I feel like I have heard of Continuum. But mostly, I want to say, no matter how good his shows are, this guy needs to work on his titles. Because I think Continuum (laughs) is just a little too broad, and Ghost Wars, just I'm already (laughs) tuned out. No, but this it's Vincent D'Onofrio. That'll that'll get your attention. That is and you know what? Uh, yeah. I do believe he's a notoriously difficult interview. So I'm excited to hear what you can do with him out there, Marquis. E. You know, but he's a great follow on on Twitter. He like, you know, he's actually responded to a couple of my you know, quirky comments. Yeah, see, that um, says something yeah. about the guy right there. <laughs> I know he's a good guy. He's kind of a guy. <laughs> hey, um, when Mark yeah. when Marky works his magic in the press room, I've seen it. He he could get it done. If anyone's going to crack that shell, known as Vincent D'Onofrio, it's going to be our boy Marky. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm gonna. Yeah, I I do pride myself on being able to work a round table, being able to work a press room. I've seen and it. I, and I have another awesome announcement. <laughs> Except for um, goddamn Dennis Leary. <laughs> Oh, I know. I have the best question for him, too. Uh, You know what? uh, Grim, can I ask you this Dennis Miller question that I was going to ask him two years ago? Dennis Leary. I mean, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary? Oh, that's too bad. I had a Dennis Dennis Miller impression all ready to go. But all right, let me try. Give me a second. Give me a second. All right. I'm I'm handing him a cigarette so he can get ready in his Dennis Leary impression. All right. All right. What are you going to (laughs) ask? Mr. Leary. 
you were in a show called Rescue Me. What would you do to rescue Donald Trump's campaign right now? Isn't that crazy? I was I was going to ask him that. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that gonna, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Leary. Please answer the question. <laughs> I probably pour a half a fifth of bourbon on it, run over it in my giant Camaro, and then I throw a baby dead seal at it. Is there another? And some about cocaine. Ah! <laughs> Look, it was a baby dead good. seal. Not <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask him that question. You don't want to and... let him get too old, the dead seals. But anyway, let's not talk about that. What I do want to talk about is Adult Swim is back in full force at Comic-Con this year. Um, their panels include The Jellies, Rick and Morty, Robot Chicken, and the Mike Tyson Mysteries. And Maddie P. Radio has once again been approved to attend the roundtable interviews. Um, we're going to be there. Uh, some of the uh, guests that we're going to be able to talk to again are going to include um, uh, Brecken Meyer. Uh, they're going to include, uh, oh, a friend of the show, Matt Sinreich. Did I say that right? Uh, Matt, Matt Seinreich, I believe. Si- si- okay. Matt Seinreich. Seinreich. Yeah. Um, Not that good of a friend, you- evidently. <laughs> uh, well, he's a friend of the show. No, I'm, uh, I'm we're not friends balls. of his. I'm busting I mean, your balls. So, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but we're going to be able to talk, to, and including my second opportunity to roundtable with world heavyweight champion Mike Tyson. He's going to be there again. Yes. Um, you guys can actually hear this roundtable interview on one of our previous episodes. We broadcast the whole thing. Um, he's... He's really amazing. Uh, he's an amazing presence to be around. He's still the champ. He can still knock you out. You get that feeling. On Friday, uh, in the Indigo Ballroom, the Jellies are at 12.15. Rick and Morty is at 1.15. Robot Chicken is at 2.15. And the Mike Tyson Mysteries are at 3.15. And Adult Swim are doing signings. Mike Tyson himself is going to be doing autographs on Friday at 1.30. The Rick and Morty crew at 12, the Robot Chicken crew at 1.30, and the Jellies are at 3. You can get all these details at MaddiePRadio.com. This is a big event. We love Adult Swim. They've been such friend, such good friends of ours. Um, and, we, you know, not only do we support them, but we also we consume their product religiously. So uh, we encourage you all to do the same. That's well, a God's sake, yeah. yeah they're big. And, you know, they have been pop culture alternative since, like, 2001. So, oh, yeah, they invented it. Absolutely. Right. So, is um is Dan Harmon going to be there for the Rick and Morty? Uh, yeah, he is. That's, oh. uh, that's the last word I heard. Unless um, he has a breakdown. Unless, yeah. Yeah, unless well, you know. From the show. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Dan, we love you. The adult swim, uh, that's always a big deal. Um, but... One of the biggest subcultures in Comic-Con history is the toy collecting. It's something that I participate in. I don't know what's going on in toy collecting, and that's why we bring the expert. You need an expert for this. We need an expert. The exclusives Um, (laughs) at Comic-Con create their own little weird mini economy bubble. Yes. When they come out. So you need an expert to lead you through this. This is like... uh, it's like financial news on NPR mm-hmm. kind of level importance. <laughs> We're finally at something that matters. Thank God we've got Slick McFavorite on our side. Why, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, uh, and it is, it's, it's a cutthroat con for uh, toy and uh, 
collectible collectors. It's it's absolutely gotten insane. I haven't even been there the last two years. I've been I've been relying on the Maddie P and Saturday morning cereal to keep me kind of apprised of how things are going because it is just in insane right yeah. now. Um so my my background is 80s kid so i i'm basically star wars transformers gi joe he-man that that's my focus okay um so two of those franchises um or i'm sorry three of those franchises are hasbro so Hasbro kind of dominates this mass market. They also do uh, My Little Pony. For some reason, they do Magic the Gathering, which is always one of the biggest things for Hasbro during San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, and then Nerf is always a big one. Uh, but it's it's just gotten insane. So yeah. normally you should be able to go up to a booth – Wait in line and buy something. Nope. And nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even yeah. happen. Not even. Never. Not even close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so tell, there's actually, been. Re- how, how, yeah. Tell us about it. Like how? Let's say I want to buy something from Hasbro. Yeah. Take us. Take yeah, us what, through the process. <laughs> take us on the journey. Okay. Is this very okay. easy? Like a seven and eleven? Right. Can I walk in and go? <laughs> I'll take one of those, sir. Here is my money. Now I'll be Wrap on it my up way. And send it to my room. <laughs> right. Yeah. It may seem like that because you see the Hasbro booth in the middle of uh, middle of the uh, showroom, and there's people waiting in line, and and you're like, hey, I'm gonna go wait in this line and buy this toy, and there's big burly people that say, where is your ticket? And you're like, uh, I have a badge. Is that what you mean? And no, what they mean is you need to have a ticket nowadays. Um, There is a system in place where you wait in line and you receive a ticket up in the outer part in the autograph area, in, in the outer parts of the autograph area, where you wait in line and you get a ticket. That ticket guarantees you a place in line for some time in the immediate future. So you're that getting could in line. Be, you're getting in it, line before you get, get in line. line. And how long yeah, is the line to get in the line? How much does the ticket cost? I think that's the oh, first novice question here. Ticket is... It, the ticket free. Is, yeah, it's oh, complimentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so let's say the show starts on Thursday. You would like to buy a toy on Thursday. They will give out passes on preview night for people that rush that booth. They will let literally about a couple hundred people on preview night buy stuff. They have started excluding press, professional, and, they, and they've excluded vendors for a long time from preview night. So after that, starting at 7 a.m., the con opens at 9.30. Starting at 7 a.m., Hasbro will start handing out tickets to return at a specified time that day. And so recently it's become a habit of people to line up at least 
20 or not at least 24 hours uh 12 hours in advance to get so the tickets if you're trying yeah yeah if you're trying to get oh. the ticket to stand in line again you want to be there 12 hours prior so 7 p.m the previous night so you're staying out in the harbor so, this is uh, another ticket. Minute. where do you get the ticket to stand in this line well, so, this is um, now over the last couple of years. Or is this and, literally you are in this line for twelve hours, like okay. all goddamn H? So this exactly. is actually one of oh, the I tricky am parts. So livid now. All right, so hold on, hold on. Every now, time I, I hear this I actually, breakdown, I actually have some some like insight and some tips for all of you guys here. All right, now that line that forms at seven p.m. outside is not an official line. It's arbitrary. People just start lining up there, <laughs> yeah. and then everybody everybody gets in line. Well, well of course, them. there are no tickets. There, are no there tickets. is no rule of law tickets. Exactly. It's Thunderdome, bro. <laughs> so that's when so, Mark just wa- Mark just walks in. Do 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 do. Fuck you. I'm first. What are you gonna do? Well, that's just it. Well, the thing is, is like that's not an official line. So, you know, you could you could you could line up like sheep if you want to, but that's on you. <laughs> the only thing that you have to do is by 7 a.m. when they officially open the line, you have to be in the door. <laughs> that's all. So however you get in the door, you head up to the autograph pavilion. That's all you got to do. You got to get in the door and you can line up. You have just as much right to that line at 7 a.m. as anybody. You know, so, the, I know it sounds another, dirty. Another one of Marky's patented, <laughs> this is the way the system right. works. Marky's <laughs> repelling. It's, it's hard truth. <laughs> He's repelling down from the top like a Pulls the cord. He drops about 10 feet, lands. Yep. Looks at his digital yeah. waterproof uh, <laughs> Navy watch. It hits 7 a.m. <laughs> drops. So, Rips off so his, his, uh, his wetsuit, and he's got, like, a, a UGO. It's the best. It's the best. So, so yes, guys. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so here's the kicker is they will run out of things towards the end of the day. Yeah, so they have a if, daily allotment. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're not one of the first three hours, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., uh, well, even 10 a.m., you're getting like four o'clock that day and they may be sold out of things. Yep. So there's a whole nother issue of, hey, at least I stuck it out. You know, no, that's not good enough. You so, need to be there before or you need to uh, uh, readjust the line's expectations as Marquis has done in the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now the other um, the other trick that they now they um, Comic Con or Hasbro are taking steps to stop me, and they are uh, they, <laughs> one of the ways that they have one of the ways that they have stopped me is that. What I would do is it didn't matter if I got a ticket for 4 p.m. on Thursday on Thursday. I wouldn't go at all on Thursday. I would take that Thursday ticket and then I would go Friday morning and I would be one of the first in line. Okay, because everybody that's going to get Friday morning passes are in line to get them. Okay, but in the old days, like two years ago, 
if you don't get like, let's say that at two o'clock you go in line with your Thursday pass and that G.I. Joe exclusive is sold out, you could keep your ticket and come back the next day and get right? in at 7 a.m. Ex- ex- or get in at nine when the exhibit hall opens. It makes sense. And so, yeah. yeah. But they stopped that. So they actually cut me off on one of my moves. Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah. you're like a, so you're like a you security reacher. You're, you're like that show Leverage. Mm. <laughs> and that's going to be your yeah. only defense in court one day. So please embrace this on this public podcast. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But yes, okay. continue. <laughs> so so that's the horror of Hasbro. I mean, yeah. you you're yeah. going to work for it or you're going to see vendors in in the third party area that yeah. already have the exclusives and have marked them up three hundred percent. Yeah. So one so of one of the two. What is... do you have? More time than money, or more money than time? Is, Ooh, is that lesson? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and what are you there for? You know, there's but, actually the system another as way. it's set up really does test someone's metal. Like it is all the worst parts of that Disneyland, uh, like reserve a ride thing the fast pass the fast pass where you have to go stand in a line to get an opportunity to go back except in this world that that indiana jones ride might turn into the teacups depending on availability (laughs) exactly you want a gi joe but you got my little pony right it doesn't matter i'm gonna puke anyway right so like I have another way, too, and this is actually the most fun, and I want you guys all to take notes here, is that make friends. Um, Make friends that you can share line duty with. One of you can wait in the Mattel line, which can be equally hectic. One of you can wait in the Hasbro line. Usually there's a couple of, you know, usually you get like a limit of two Star Wars figures or two Transformers, you know. And if you're not, you know, greedy and constantly trying to make money off of Comic-Con, you can actually team up and you could actually get one for each other and do it that way. The other way is, of course, is you make friends in line and you find out, hey, are you going to get your max on Star Wars? You're going to get your max on this. And, you know, a lot of times when we went to Star Wars Celebration a couple months ago, Johnny, I got one of the Luke Skywalker pilot helmet, um, um, pilot uh, 40th anniversary ones because I made a friend who was already in line. You yeah, know? I, and, I was just going to bring that yeah. up. And and when um, I think we got uh, Timothy Zahn's autograph, I hung back in line and you got us you got us into a panel. So I was able to cruise yep. right in. So, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of tag team, little little teamwork. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So make, make friends. It's also like I actually still have um, – I actually have a list of about eight people that I have met at Comic-Con in lines over the years. And I always, for you know, if I don't remember their names, like, off the top of my head, I always put, let's say it's George, and then I'll put Comic-Con as, like, their last name. <laughs> and, so when I, and so when I search Comic-Con in my, in my phone book, George will be there, John will be, you know, and, you know, blah, you know, blah, 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 right? And so... As soon as I see their name, I know who that person is, and I'll call them and I'll see what they're doing at Comic Con. I'll do so. The point is, is that you actually make friends, and it's not just for these very uh, superficial reasons. You actually do make <laughs> but friends for very selfish reasons right. that will yeah. <laughs> help your experience. You got to beat the system, but, though. The system's against uh, us. The house, but yeah, uh, and it is true. And this is a win. big theme in sci-fi: in unity, we are strong. <laughs> Nerds unite. 
You're, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Get that action figure. All right. Well, I, I, by my count, right. we're about 20 minutes into this exclusive segment. I haven't heard a single exclusive. Probably <laughs> oh, yeah. my fault. But I feel like, so, Slick, so, please grab the mic. Wrestle it away Okay. Okay, so so Hasbro is always this nightmare. So so stick to other ones. They can be they can be just as relentless, um, but at least it's not this completely set up thing. Um, Lego is about on the same level as Hasbro. Mattel is pretty bad, so stay away from those. Um, one of the uh, smaller quote smaller we're still talking about multimedia conglomerates here but uh skybound they have the uh walking dead license for for the comic series yeah and they are doing a really interesting exclusive and probably my favorite this year is they are doing a shiva force box set now um if you're not caught up Pause, fast forward, whatever you want to do here. Um, but spoilers, uh, spoilers, spoilers. So on the show, we're we're uh, we're introduced to Ezekiel. He is a king with the tiger. Yep. And um, one of my favorite. And the sub- tiger's name is Shiva. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite subgroups growing up in G.I. Joe, because G.I. Joe was all about subgroups. You had yeah. the Crimson Guard, you had the Dreadnoughts, you had all this shit. Well, they have the Tiger Force and they had Python Patrol. Yep. And this is where they took their uh, opposing factions' vehicles and repainted them. A classic toy move. You're not <laughs> making anything new. You yep. repaint it and you sell it again. So they took a cover. I, I, I had that plane that was like tiger striped. I remember that toy. It was one of my favorites. So everybody knows the Cobra Rattler, right? The the blue. So they took the Cobra Rattler, they painted it like a tiger, and they called it the uh, Tiger Claw or something yeah. like that. You know, so um, so I don't <laughs> know if it's. A, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it's an homage. If it's, it's got to be. It's got to be cleared with Hasbro license. because it's it be is. License. Yeah, I mean the the card backs and everything for these figures are just like GI Joe, um, but it is Rick Grimes. It's Michonne. It's Ezekiel, and it's Shiva in a four pack that are individually carded just like gi joe's back in the day and their little bubble yeah and their tiger force i.e shiva force so so amazing yeah uh a thousand pieces for the regular version and then they do a bloody version because of course it's the walking dead everybody Mm -hmm. has blood on them right Mm -hmm. so a thousand bloody versions so that's a good one to check in on now it's going to go fast too uh a big one that is uh neca neca Mm -hmm. is it's just the uh, the wafer people (laughs) <laughs> that's two C's. 
And and they actually, Randy Falk, their spokesperson, CEO, fucking badass motherfucker, he would be like, it's NECA, you know, it's an acronym. Uh, But uh, they do amazing exclusives, and they, I mean, their shit just sells out. They do exclusives that are true comic-con exclusives that you can only get because you're there because that's the only way they can get a license to do that kind of toy for that time that's the only way they can distribute them they can't exactly last year they had the teenage mutant ninja turtles in the video game paint and packaging so they're eight bit line so they do these highly articulated action figures but they paint them like they're eight bit versions of themselves that's it's one of the coolest toys would look like though i'm gonna have to look that up on the old infrafurs webs or i'll just i'll just bring mine over because i got some it's amazing (laughs) bring your toys over you you and like when you um when you like open the the like flap it like lays down flat and it looks like they're like the uh, joy the joysticks the joysticks yeah so you're like looking at the figures like in the window and the joysticks are on the table that's what it looks like when you open the flap and so they're amazing but i actually i talked to those guys last year about it and they actually told me the same things like they 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 said that um is it who has the license to sell teenage it's Playmates. Uh, playmates. Playmates. Yeah. So if you want a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toy at Toys R Us, it's made by Playmates. NECA, NECA, makes them, and they are only allowed to sell them at Comic-Con. If they don't sell them, they burn them. They destroy them. They yeah. cannot sell them anywhere. Yeah, they and they can't give them yeah. away for free. Nope. They're like gone. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and they have no problem with that because this year was a little weird. They offered an online ordering system that you could have them shipped to you starting the day of the con. So people at their booth will prepare your box and ship it to you. And that's how they get around the having to be at the show. Well, that and they really would, undercuts the exclusivity, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it's kind of crazy because um, so they sold 500 a day and it sold out in a minute and a half. Okay. Now, that's, that is absolutely it, it, not what exclusives are about. Yeah. Do you think they it, are abusing the exclusives phenomenon I, to do this or this is, is this, this the is only the, way they can sell it? No, this is the first year that they did it, and it's they're 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 have to answer to rabid fanboys all over the internet, you know, and so I think they're just doing what they can. Like they got this approved by the licensee and said, "Hey, can we try to satisfy our fans that can't make it to this thing that literally costs you thousands of dollars to go to nowadays?" I mean, it, it used to be one thing when a 3-day ticket was 75 bucks and that kind of, or a 5-day ticket was 75 bucks, but now between hotels, you know, your your ticket in, you're talking about thousands Easy. of dollars. Easy. So, and and, but, and not for uh, nothing, you take a well, look at those exclusives, man, and then they show up on eBay seconds after someone buys them. They don't even have them in hand, and they're already trying to resell on eBay. Yep. Oh, dude, there's pre-sales. Everything yeah. we've talked about, there's pre-sales right now. So yeah. no one has you, them in yeah, hand. In theory, you, yeah. if you're in yeah. Iceland, you could buy everything we've already mentioned. 
right yeah, now. Right now. Before and, it is uh, ever and, seen air. And, and actually, Slick, I don't think you've actually even said what this year's exclusive is. What is it? Well, this year's is uh, so they took the animated one that they painted really weird. They painted it like pixels like before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now they're doing a full-on cartoon version of it. So it's Ooh. it's they look anime exact or animation because it's American uh, animation exact. Um, Last year, there was two different sets. There was a Turtles, and then there was Shredder and the Foot Clan. Uh-huh. This year, it's one full set, so eight figures. It comes in a vinyl a vinyl collector's carrying case. Oh, so, a- yeah, I mean, it's, like, ridiculous. How much is this bad boy? So, and to their credit, it's 200 bucks. Last year, each set... Each. Yeah. yeah, each set was a hundred bucks, and this year, now granted, they're repaints. They already paid for all the steel molding to be made in China. They already paid for the artist to sculpt these things. They had to pay painters because it's different paint, but they've already paid all of the upfront costs. So it's basically a repaint, one big set, two hundred bucks, and it's going to be. One of the hardest, if not the hardest thing to find this year, as far as action figures go. You mean even Um, stacked up against Mattel, Hasbro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mattel makes so much of it. Um, Hasbro also, they make a lot of it. Like, there's not really much of, like, a resale value. Like, there's not really much of, like, a resale market with that stuff. they've, They've actually gotten really smart about that and, you know, like, you like started to see these trends like in concerts, right? Like if you want to see the U2 Joshua Tree, it's $300 for a decent ticket, just a decent ticket. Now, the reason why they charge you $300 is because it's very unlikely that you're going to buy that ticket and maybe you sell it for 350 Maybe, you know, so it's not, you know, back when you could buy a ticket for 50 bucks and sell it for 300 bucks, there's a lot of margin there you can play around with. And so all these toy makers, they kind of figure that out, too. It's like, let us we're going to put out so much. Yeah. We're going to flood we'll the market. We'll do the, the, yeah. the thrusting in this rape. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> yep. I'm That's the captain now. Doing. Okay. So it's actually not that hard to find after the con at a reason. Okay, there's a little bit of a markup, but you didn't have to go to a hotel. You didn't have to buy a plane ticket. You didn't have to get into the con, deal with the line. Yeah. You, you didn't do have is- to have an entire Comic-Con experience. Right. Yeah, I like, know, you and need, that's really what it's about. You don't need to come about. to San Diego yeah. to get fucking <laughs> fucked by all the toy makers. Congratulations, everybody. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's kind of toy collecting it. Like, like you're not <laughs> going to go there. Yeah, bend over you're, and take you're not, <laughs> You're not going to walk down to the other end, unfortunately. As much as I want to support those small third-party vendors that are down there trying to sell collections that they've bought and, you know, and they're and, and vintage stuff. You're not going to do that. You spend your entire time hunting these things that are coming out that weekend mm-hmm. and 
and really, you know, outside of that, you have some panels. What? I mean, no, there are most of Comic Con future. Tell me, this isn't the only way it has to be. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Well, it, it is. It, it is for this particular convention. There's yeah. there's there's dozens of other cons, hundreds of other cons where it's still more of like that flea market kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. we don't feel but, the need to do an alternative. Uh, special for any of those other cons. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Maybe celebration. If you're tired <laughs> of Star Wars and you're going to celebration. Well, you know, you know, it's funny that you actually bring that up because I was talking to one of the third party vendors at the celebration Orlando a couple months ago. And, you know, this guy was selling stuff that's you can get on eBay. You know, these are the Black Series Stormtrooper set, that's the fourth set. It was on Amazon. Now now they're sold out on Amazon. You can get it on eBay for about 120 bucks compared to 100 bucks. you know? Um, okay. So this guy had, it was like a, like a two-booth setup, and I was talking to him. Celebration charges this guy, I'm not kidding you, $10,000 for that spot. Oh. $10,000. How many figures he's making two dollars, five dollars a piece, maybe twenty, maybe a hundred, right? For him to cover ten thousand dollars, I mean, he has to have profit and, margin. And that's just the booth, dude. Not lugging all this booth. crap and around, shot, you know, and shipping it. That's in. also. Do you know how many in? business class seats you have to buy on Southwest, <laughs> sir? To move sir? two tons of merchandise, sir. These are where my Han Solo figures go, sir. I bought this whole row. <laughs> and by the way, I do a lot of conventions for my day job and you have to pay those convention people for the carpet that's on your booth to vacuum the carpet for the tables that are there to carry it in, to store it. Like there's so many costs with this. And so I can't imagine that at a convention that's as big as San Diego Comic-Con, those third party guys are going to start to go away. I mean, there's no way that they can last. Um, hey, Slick, you were telling me about the uh, the Mile High guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Mile High what? Comics, uh, the largest comic shop in the United States. Well, I think they say the world, but uh, um, is here. <laughs> Hippie guy. Hippie guy wears a bolo tie. Dan Shea and, and Marky can appreciate yep. oh, that. That is, that is that is out there southwestern attire one oh one. Dude, uh silver hair put back into a braid, braided Gotta down be. to his butt. That's yep. that's that the owner. Right. Um has attended Comic Con since it's in, or not I shouldn't say since its inception, but since uh nineteen seventy yeah, since 1973, uh, his first table he bought there was 40 bucks. Um, it is now since increased to his 70 foot. Now, granted, 70 foot is a big area at yeah, Comic Con. That's, that's even uh, even out, even it put Comic Con aside. 70 feet of table in real estate in San Diego. Is, yeah. <laughs> I need to yeah. say that outright, especially downtown. My, yeah, my first studio when I moved to town, man. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I hope this doesn't take too much away. Go on. So, so last year, 
$16,500. That's how much that costs. Yeah, that um, is like buying that much property. Down yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, and they have to ship all their shit up. They they drive a semi of comics out there. Um, they're in the they're in the comic area Cheer. along the wall. If I remember correctly, yeah, they're along yeah. the wall, but in the comic area, which is not. It's it's just not visited. It's it's one of those things where that's what it started as, and now they're just completely tossed to the side. They're like put into the end of this building. You know, if they were interspersed amongst all of the media giants and stuff like that, they would have a fighting chance. Yeah, and it but seems they like them... they should be allowed to. Foot traffic is yeah. everything in a convention, and, and people who put conventions together know that. Dude, they show this picture of, like, an elevated scene from Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. In a 70-foot booth, there's, like, 12 people in it on yeah. Saturday afternoon, the most – the busiest day in in the showroom the entire weekend. And so and the biggest thing was is last year they had a snap food. The unions fucked up. They couldn't bring in their comics. They were waiting there. It was like Wednesday night. You know, they were trying to get everything set up and you're supposed to be set up way before that. Blah blah blah. And their biggest thing was San Diego Comic Con didn't come in and say, what's going on? How can we help? We're sorry that you're experiencing this. No one ever showed up to ask them how things are going. They're like in there fighting with the union saying, why aren't, you know? And so it was one of those things where this, this hometown, the the world's largest comic book store, granted it's based here in Denver, kind of weird, but uh you know they've been they've been patrons of them for 30 years 40 40 years yeah, yeah. sorry my math skills are are good a few shots in <laughs> they're good <laughs> um, but uh it's one of those things where they're kind of pushing out these these third party people so you need to go visit them they're the they're it's horrible to say the comic dealers are the alternative comic-con yep isn't that ridiculous and they they have to pay tens of thousand dollars to get in themselves and still you're just it's hard to visit them you have to go out along perimeters yeah and these are places where you were for the most part everyone is trying to sit down take a break catch your breath i was was about to say that i was about to say that friendly territory so yeah is this this, are they throwing in the the towel yeah this Fuck. is the first year, the first year in 40 years that they just, they can't do it. They're like, and, and, you know, this is a little bit of grandstanding, obviously, but they're like, they went from 16,500 to 18,000. So a $1,500 bump for the same space, same size, same chance to fail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no guarantee. Uh, they, they did say to the credit of Comic-Con and the credit of the fire marshal is there was a reportedly reduced amount of people in the showroom. 
because they're trying to keep that under control. And now that everything is RFID, you know, they can keep a, an extremely accurate count. And so that's why it might re- result in more lines so, for uh, goers, mm-hmm. for con goers. Where but it's better when you get the in the light, hall. Say you can't come yeah. in the hall. Yeah, well, exactly. Do they have some figures like like how many extra people have typically been in there during the crush? I mean, is it like no, twice I, as many I people? What kind of? No, I, I they, they actually don't publish that either. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have always been super protective of the amount of fraud that goes yeah. on. Like mm-hmm. they say fraud goes on. That's why we do all of these things. But they don't say we believe 50,000 people show up with hand-printed badges and show them and try to get in, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So. I, remember, I remember from a show we did some years ago, they have the exact same policy for uh, uh, sexual assault. They, only, they yeah. admit it happens and refuse to release any figures. <laughs> That's right. So, any yeah. good so, NFL owner. So uh, there is, they will be uh, this year. And, you know, like in that, but, but it doesn't doesn't because mile high is not going to find that out because they finally said, no, you, you finally thrown enough straw at this camel's back. And it's such, you can't do it. It's such a shame. I remember I'm a big comic book guy. I remember as a kid, there were mile high comics ads in comic books. I read and, and look at the pictures going like institution, like Nirvana, man. And to not have them at well, Comic-Con is like sacrilege, dude. Well, it's, well hey, and you know what else? Yeah. Hey, Johnny Heck, um, there's and, – and Slick, I'd like you to tell this story too. I'm just going to kind of tip it a little bit. But the physical location of Mile High Comics has also changed, and that has to do <laughs> with the other Mile High City. So, <laughs> Slick, please just give us a quick rundown of what happened to Johnny's Dream Vacation – my, the, uh, the physical did, did they largest... replace it with like a weed shop or what happened uh yeah so uh mile high has always been their mega store has always been in this super industrial area of denver um since uh we legalized marijuana a few years back uh denver uh warehouses Go for four to five times the amount of I was, rent. I was just kidding. Holy shit. No, because, oh, wow. Because people are searching for places to grow marijuana. And, and this guy, he's a hippie, but he's never been like, yeah, I smoke weed right. or anything. He's always been like, he's always been like, I'm in love with comics. And, and his whole, his whole focus, his entire career career is how to better comics, not better himself, but better comics and people's enjoyment and their love of them. So even that has a price. Yeah. But but through all that, he never tried weed. (laughs) We can sell our space for like 50 times what he paid for it like 30 years ago. Oh, he owned it. Okay. Yeah, he owned it. So he sold it for millions of dollars. Or he could have thrown a dime bag in with every comic and changed the entire industry. (laughs) (laughs) Really brought it back. 
in a van. So they're in a new spot, and what's horrible is we had this huge uh, freak hailstorm here where in the city we had baseball-sized hail, like just demolish people's cars, their houses, and it really did a toll on the new place they moved to. I think he said it caused $2 million in damage. Jesus, oh, this this hippie cannot take a hint. No. <laughs> Dude, no one to hold him, no one to fold him, bro. Jesus Christ, sell your comic books and stop buying new ones because he is just he is out of his element. Dude, first, well, he's, he's hitting some elements. Wait, first you get muscled out by Hollywood. Then the weed industry muscles you out. And then God. And then God. <laughs> yeah. Fuck your couch. My like comics. Fuck yeah. your couch. So, yeah. God. So it's uh, it's been a, a mile high adventure. For this <laughs> Man. All right, guys. I have to. I have to say, there's still some more programming. <laughs> this is going to be a hard segue, but uh, Dark Horse Comics has every single year. These guys put on. They have a. You know, this is like the bastard stepchild of comics is dark is is dark horse you know they're not dc they're not marvel they're dark horse yeah. and they yeah. you know could, they could they are Wars, they, they actually had they used to and then marvel took it back obviously because it's all owned by disney um and so now these guys they have an awesome booth they have an awesome little retail space. It's great. They have a Harvey great presence Picard at Comic Con. I'm trying to say, that, you know, it's it's, it's not quite that, but um, but yeah, the, these guys. Uh, some of their licenses include Sci-Fi's Dark Matter. They have the Firefly um, series, which is the. I think they're on a prequel now to um, to the to Firefly because uh, Wash is in it, as far as I could remember. Um, they have uh, Lady Killer. They have Black Hammer. They have Mass Effect. You guys know that from the video game. Um, they have um, the World of Warcraft. Uh, Serenity, I, I also mentioned. So they have numerous popular comic book titles, and they go, if you guys go onto the Maddie P Radio site, Check out their schedule. Check out their autograph lines. Um, these guys are crazy. Yeah. So um, they go. They go from Thursday to Sunday. You know, uh, special guests, autograph sessions, the works. These guys are amazing. So um, that's something else. Just want you to don't have to get in a line. You can probably, if you're smart and budgeting your time, think about that one. Yeah, it's going to be go. Yeah do it, and then move on and do something else yeah, Marvel without and, an investment on either side. Marvel and DC yep. aren't going to do anything like Dark Horse is doing. So that's yep. a more accessible, more easier option to get to. And some of the cooler properties, man. You don't, yeah. have, to, you don't have to sweat the big names. And if you are a comic reader, you know where to get Dark Horse. You can get it digitally, basically the same places. It is not some weird, hard to find if you get into it. Yeah. Kind it's of property. Like, you got to find a yeah. guy in a trench coat. Hey, you want Dark Horse comics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got some right here. You got a forty dollars yeah. imports yeah. from yeah. Japan or something. <laughs> if you want to read the new one, no. These these are accessible alternatives. It's like mainstream, but not mainstream. 
There is something really fun that I want to point out, too. If you guys can get to the Bluefin booth 401, Bluefin makes super high-end statues and collectibles. They actually do have a Star Wars figure. It's a really cool Darth Vader that's run, that runs about $700. It's like a higher level than the Sideshow premium format figure. It's, it's, it's really amazing. It's not something that I can buy. Um, but this year, uh, they're, they're, it's a Comic-Con exclusive. They have a Sharon Stone Basic Instinct statue. Oh, and Wait. she's sitting in the chair. Oh, no. I'm not Man. kidding. Uh, it says that, that uh, it's produced by Blitzway. <laughs> and Blitzway utilizes new facial printing technology to achieve facial an extremely <laughs> an extremely high level of realism oh, the statue which measures uh, 12 and a half inches tall is further accentuated with incredible detail wink 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 um, <laughs> yeah and so uh, it, it actually T- says tired of us like, describing it, it, says, it we'll clam up now it, says, <laughs> it comes straight to your door in a heart shaped box <laughs> It has screen-accurate costume constructed of special fabrics to portray her dress's unmistakable silhouette and realistic wrinkles, along with the period-correct chair. So, Period-correct chair? Let's, no, yes. I've already decided. Let's says. not touch that. Oh, so I it. want everybody to go to booth 401, and I need you to answer this. Do you see Bush? That's what I want to know. Because um, I just, I'm dying to know. This is one of the most famous scenes in movie oh history, and you get to own it right now. So check that out. Hashtag uh, that's Do You See be, Bush. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Everyone who buys that should go on the list somewhere. But I don't. Uh... I know. Uh, but there's there's still a lot of stuff, guys. The, the, the CW... Um, They always put out, it's one of the coolest things, the CW3PR, they, every year, they, they always put on a couple of really cool panels. Um, It's usually revolves around like special effects or video games. And the other one revolves around like um, some of the composers of the movies that we watch and things like that. So, um, so this year, they're putting on um, – there's one that has like um, – he's a, he was a friend of the show, um, Blake Neely. You remember him, Shay? Oh, yeah. I remember Blake Neely. Oh, yeah, we've yeah. talked to a lot of composers. He's one of them. The Flash, uh, Green Arrow, yep. Yep. Supergirl, uh, Legends yep. of Tomorrow. Yep. All those yep. CWBC shows. Yeah. He does all of those. Yeah. So they're going to be putting on one. There's actually one called – Gears, green screens, and gaming behind the scenes of your favorite video games uh, and panel. Um, that's going to go on. Uh, you guys have got to check your, because I cannot find it for the life of me, but check your <laughs> schedules for that one. Um, uh, it's just, I just think it's going to be, uh, they're, they're, they're always great. So we're going to have access to their press rooms. Uh, we're going to be bringing you some exclusive audio on that, but I did want to bring that to your attention. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Anything else, uh, uh, um, Johnny Heck, anything else you want to see or that, that, that people should know about? You know, there's just a few things. I mean, as far as um, first looks go, 
Um, in the effort to save time, save time, I'll be brief, but we're going to get a look at the new Star Trek Discovery, which I'm pretty stoked to see. I mean, we've seen a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. We don't know much about it. Made a lot of waves. It's made a lot of waves. I kind of want to see where they're going. So Star Trek Discovery, I'm keeping a big eye on. Um, CBS is using it as a big push to get their own uh, personal digital right. streaming platform going. CBS I'm all always access. curious, yeah, how that industry is shaping up. So yes. I've got my eye on that one too. It, it could be it could be defining not only for you know your on demand pay kind of network TV, but to take a look at the first time Star Trek's been on TV in you know God fifteen at something least years, a year, so. a year and a half. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting, and then. You know, the BSG reunion, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see. I don't know if there's going to be any news there. Uh, you always kind of hope that maybe it's something more. Yeah, they'll just keep dropping more and more until you have to be in the panel to find out. Right. And then, um, you know, you got you got some other other panels, but pretty standard for movies and whatnot coming out. But Star Trek Discovery, I want to see that. I want to see what's going on. I'm looking forward to Trek coming back home, so... That's what I got. Uh, and I found a date. It's Comic-Con's fifth annual Music Anatomy of a Superhero. I go to this every single year. Um, it's going to be on July 20th. Uh, that's at 10 a.m. That's in the Indigo Ballroom. It's a pretty big room, but it does fill up. Uh, they're going to have the composer from Cloak and Dagger, um, Marco Bel- Beltrami, who did the Logan movie, Wolverine. Uh, Brian Taylor did the Avengers Age of Ultron. Brian Russo, who did Gotham. Jeff Russo did Legion. Um, and then, of course, our friend, uh, friend of the show, Blake Neely, who did Arrow, Supergirl, The Flash. Um, this is a really fun panel. They, they'll, like, usually show some scenes. Or they'll talk about the music that went behind it. Uh, it's really interesting. And it's usually something that you can get into. So I, I highly recommend this one. It's Comic-Con's fifth annual Music Anatomy of a Superhero. We are going to be in the press room. So we'll bring, you, we'll bring you some exclusive audio from that. But if you're at Comic-Con, this is something you should definitely check out. I, I really recommend it. There you this. go, everybody. That is Marquis Lock of the Week. As some, for me, I would culture. recommend, uh, uh, and this is going out to all you people who are afraid to even go near the convention center. I don't blame you. Go check out the uh, Chuck <laughs> Jones Gallery in the Gas Lamp. They've yep. always got some, I'm not even sure what they're doing. They have Star Wars artists this year. I know that. Oh, see, so they've got some who, some art who. and artists from yep. Star Wars. They always have meet and greets, uh, presentations, probably some autograph signing. Sometimes you can wine walk too. into for free and see stuff that you can't yep. see in the convention center. So that's one, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what. How about you, Slick McFavorite? If if you were going this year, where would we find you? Uh, so one of the things that I was really interested in was they have a pinball lounge this year. So, um, Mrs. McFavorite and I are pinball fanatics and it is, it's huge. We have the, we have the women's world pinball champion here in Colorado. Uh, she's, I think she's 16. So it's kind of crazy, uh, but we're uh, pinball fanatics, and there's a pinball lounge this year. Now, it's a brand new thing this year, so Google it, 
and attend it. It might be one of the best alt events on on site this year. No, oh, that I'm, sounds I'm awesome. Glad we managed to mention yeah. it. I knew nothing about Neither it. Neither did I. I'm almost a little afraid that we put it out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Disregard. <laughs> I know, that's, that's why I didn't want to put out any details. Yeah. you got to be really interested. Yeah, you really have to hunt it down. No, if you heard about it, we're not telling you anymore. Yeah, piss, piss off hipsters. We want to go play uh, pinball. No, not for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you now, if it actually says Lakeside, California, don't bother. <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's something the locals will get. Uh, anything else, Slick? No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's, as always, it's a huge pleasure. It's an honor. And, uh, and I'm glad I, I was able to participate. No, dude, I, I want to thank you for once again joining us. Uh, I, I love, uh, first of all, you, and second of all, that, that you're willing to host, uh, Marquee for the next four days. I don't know what I told <laughs> yeah, you about it already. <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff going on. I need him out there in Denver for a while. He's doing a lot of, uh, men on the street action for, uh, my life comics and, uh, <laughs> need to find out what's going on. He's doing some investigative reporting, so... Hush, there, hush. You go. there we yeah, go. Okay. Awesome. So that's there it is. Great. There's a bunch of alternatives, everybody. Yes. And uh, uh, before we let you go, I'm going to throw out this bonus interview that that I got to do with uh, the Lair boys, uh, uh, Daniel and Jeremy Lair. That's L-E-H-R-E-R, just like uh, the McNeil Lair News Hour, which surely you're which, all familiar which, with. Which, which, yeah. which of course. It's a lateral move from here to there, of course. Why wouldn't uh, they? He was, but, he was also, that's also the name of my grocer when I was a kid. He he, <laughs> he was the guy in the in, in the in the store, Mr. Lair. Just, Mr. Lair? That's oh. how, yeah, that, uh, that's how you spell it. And if, so there on, you sorry. go. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, enough ways for all of you listening to remember it. <laughs> uh, they're the Lair boys. They, uh, and I love their, their success story. Is they started just doing on their own uh, a comic strip on Instagram. Before anyone had figured out, maybe that's what you could do. With Just Instagram. like Jim Davis and Garfield, Jim right? Davis, yeah. or you know, any anybody who, who started Peanuts, whoever, what they had was a was a place. Is that Chuck to Schultz? Publish a comic once a day that a lot of people would see, and they're just given X amount of space and white paper. Right. So they realize that's exactly what Instagram is. If you get people to subscribe. So they did this, got such success. They are now embarking on a new animated show as yet to premiere called Highly Gifted. Uh, it stars Kesha, among others, uh, Ron Funches. Now are we talking about uh, K dollar sign Sha? Yes. Yeah. I, I asked them that, and they said, no, you can call her Kesha. Oh, nice. And okay. if if that's not in the interview, it's because I asked it before we were recording. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that. So I, well, I'm, I'm glad you gave me a chance to say that. Uh, yeah, this was uh, it was a great interview. They're going to be at Comic Con, but again, I don't want to cause a big stampede and cut off the the public's access to them well, just actually, because we give we them a Saturday know, morning bump. So we don't even know just what, we, we, we don't down. even know what they're doing. We don't know what they're doing or when the show's coming out. Yeah, either uh, we don't know or we won't tell you. <laughs> but we're excited either way. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. <laughs> we'll see. 
Yep. These, these are all the uh, words and yeah. inflections this is the like, blurbs on the back of yeah. this DVD cover. For some, for some reason, we're ending uh, like, <laughs> like it's an episode of Soap. <laughs> Will we find out what this is? Will Billy Crystal come out? I, I don't know. <laughs> find out next time. All right. So just, just before it's enough of this. We've got Magic Interview Machine. Take it, give us some layer, boys. Two for the price of one. We have both the Lair Boys, Daniel and Jeremy. How you guys doing today? Great, Dan. How you doing? Not too bad. How are you? I want to thank you guys for talking to us. I know we uh, we get to talk uh, specifically because of your new project, um, Highly Gifted, coming out. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about this. This sounds like you guys are climbing up the uh, Hollywood ladder pretty quickly with this one. No, we're, we're on a, a, a lower rung, just kind of settled there and comfortable. But um, the Highly Gifted is basically just uh, autobiographical. It's about our years in high school where we were stuck in this kind of program for smart kids. And the basic premise is our whole lives, and I think there's a, obviously there's the cliche that knowledge is power. And if there's one thing, looking back on it with an honest eye, that you know is true of being in high school and junior high, is that knowledge wasn't power. Knowledge was the opposite of power. Muscles were power. Popularity was power. A lot of things were power, but knowledge had nothing to do with power. They're two different things. Knowledge is nice. But so it's, it's really about a group of kids who are kind of, were kind of like us, who were told that on a constant basis, but they're trying to figure out why it doesn't seem to be true in any discernible sense. Right. Well, this is good because, uh, and this is one of the reasons I'm excited about this, is because I myself was in the gifted program from you know elementary school on until I don't know whenever the drugs took hold somewhere in high school. But I remember that exact sense, like uh, like have, like I think a couple of years it was a special class, like a classroom yeah. where you were in a little bubble with about four or five or six boy. kids, and then the rest of the school was doing their own thing, and that uh, that always seemed weird. I actually didn't enjoy that part of it. No, it, it, it was basically like, like a version of being like the bubble boy. All three of us are bubble boys, basically. I remember uh, my mother, who was wonderful in so many ways, but not particularly good on giving me pointers on being cool, had me taking flute <laughs> from an early age, you know, which I would never do to my kid, but all right. <laughs> and when I got trouble at school because it wasn't particularly cool to be puffing away on a flute, I came home and I told my mom, uh, you know, I'm kind of taking some flack for, for taking flute. And she told me, you just go back there and tell them that John Pierre Rumpal plays flute. <laughs> Which that, that must have put out. the fire out. Yeah, exactly. He actually tried breaking the flute out once around a campfire, which didn't work either very well. <laughs> well, you know what? It's uh, it, it, Perhaps in the end, you just weren't meant to be a flautist. Because, you know, exactly. right. John Paul is not right. letting that stop him. <laughs> and another reason I'm very excited to uh, to catch this show now. Uh, first of all, Ron Funches was in it. Who I oh, he's the best. I can't get enough of that guy. He's hilarious. And he's then magic. what I read just just most recent addition to the cast is Kesha, and that seems yeah. like a very strange casting session where you're throwing around Ron Funches and Kesha at the same. You know what? Kesha was amazing. She completely brought it. I mean, like, look, Ron is one of those guys where he, when he's in a booth, he does 
completely organically and naturally seven, eight, nine variations without you asking a thing. Each one of them is different and each one of them is gold. Kesha more inhabited her character and brought a total reality to it. She obviously doesn't have the comedian sense of, I'm going to give you this, 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 and this. But she brought complete reality and fidelity and passion to it, and she was great. That's that. That's really kind of awesome to hear because I think, especially at this point in uh, in the in the poor woman's career, is there's it is more people are talking about her personally uh, than than the work she does. So for her right. to be able uh, to yeah, come out and expand and do something like this, I think is definitely going to be good for her. And the more eyeballs you got on the project, the better. Sure. And you know what we were looking for with, and I, I think this was true of basically everyone who was in the project is. No one, and Kesha, is, it was certainly true of her, there was no lininess. We weren't looking for people who, were, who thought they were going to, wanted to come in and try and make the, the lines feel like jokes. She brought reality to it, and that's all we wanted. Right. It was totally organic, which, which is what we loved about the way that she read for it, which was not, not everyone who auditioned, even actors that you know, many people have heard of, were able to do that. So we were, we were like pleasantly surprised. Well, well, let me ask you this, and I understand maybe uh, you can't tell me, but were Ron Funches and Kesha both in Gifted as kids? Was no, that part I of the audition know. process? I, no, I, I don't think they were. I mean, Ron is a really interesting guy in just in terms of his, his upbringing and outlook. I think he lives in Portland now. Like, I keep seeing pictures of him, like, eating salt and straw ice cream, like, on a bicycle. Like, it's just not... Not what you'd expect. <laughs> no, but he has a real kind of otherworldly, almost oddball kind of vibe, which is perfect. It's like that we were talking about, in the bubble. You feel like he's in his own bubble, in his own world, with his own thoughts that are completely unique. And that's what we really wanted. That... And Kesha obviously has that, too. I mean, if for someone to go and do what she did, you have to see things in a unique, different way. And that kind of brings that, the kind of energy we wanted, in both cases, both in our own way, to this type of a project. Well, and maybe I'm just still socially wounded from school, but can you at least pretend that these guys definitely were not the popular kids? Because that would crush me. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, tell tell me they were the nerds. Tell me they weren't gifted. Don't don't let me imagine they were the popular kids, and now they've got (laughs) the job. You know what? I bet when you when you talk to them, most people who go and do something that's unique and different and take some sort of a plunge or a risk. They didn't have everything going down. Everything wasn't going down EP Street. If it is, you end up becoming, you know, your whatever fill-in-the-blank job. They Something different happened in their past. And when you talk to them, you get that sense. There probably was an outsider mentality. Well, that, that, that's good because that's the only thing that's going to, I think, uh, draw me in and make me feel like part of the group is if you promise me everyone involves an outsider. Yes, we <laughs> promise. We promise. Thank you, Swear. Thank you, Swear. Gifted to gifted. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, b- before before I let you go, I think it's worth exploring a little bit how you ended up getting into the position to make this show, uh, aside from uh, being gifted, which is perfectly all right now. Uh, we all embrace it. No, which is which probably wounded us. It wasn't that was not an advantage. <laughs> it really hasn't been for a long time, but still, that's what's done is done. Uh, but also, right. uh, you you guys. Uh, uh, I'm, I love the, the comic series, which I had no idea about. I'm not as up on social media as I should be, but, uh, in doing research about this, I managed to land on the Instagram account 
And you guys do this comic that I, it just immediately, the first thing I thought of was like, this is some kind of disenfranchised far side. That yeah. The corner of your eye, these, these single panel comics look deceptively lo-fi. And then when you read it with just one line uh, uh, captions, there's so much going on. There's the social awareness, silly wit, animals acting anthropomorphically. You know, uh, and then the fact that with newspapers dying, your main platform for that was just put it out on Instagram, out on Facebook. I mean, was that a plan or was that just uh, you guys thought, oh, let's make one funny First one of all, and see where it goes? You're a very insightful man. You basically nailed it. Look, we – we used to love and we used to fight on Sunday mornings. We used to fight over who got the far side first and who got to read the funnies. All that stuff went away. It all died kind of as print media went away. And the natural landing pad for single panel cartoons should be Instagram. It's, there it is, a, a single panel in the most comprehensible, clear kind of way that it could possibly present, be presented. And yet Instagram, and we've discovered this over the past year and a half that we've been on it and doing the cartoons, is basically a repository for memes, which are just regurgitated content that no one, that most of these people didn't create, and butt selfies, and little photos of, you know, landscapes. So we basically thought that it was completely natural for guys who draw and write to create single panel cartoons. And one of the reasons that we wanted to do it was when you're a writer in Hollywood, Half of your time can be spent waiting for contracts to get drawn up, you know, month after month, waiting for development to occur, waiting for some executive to have an opinion. And here you create your own demographic. There's no compromise. We can be as stupid as we want and we're moronic, which we are, which we are, which we are. And, and <laughs> Embrace we can, that. Right. No one, there's no one saying, can you move it a little to the left? Can you move it a little to the right? It's not stupid enough. It's way too stupid. It doesn't work with our demographic of 18 to 23-year-old Norwegians. You know, we just do what we want. Well, do you, on some level, are you ever worried that, you know, you're essentially working without an editor? I mean, surely at some point they did serve a good purpose, but, but now, I mean, you're doing this. That's, that's the, the, the flip side of it is that even though you are your own boss, now you have to answer to yourself if people just suddenly stop liking it or something. I mean, do you that's feel scared being, without a net? You know what? That's where being two idiots um, comes in helpful because <laughs> as twins, most people think, you know, twins must be like sleeping head to toe in the same bed with matching propeller hats, which <laughs> yes, we do, which while we do do that, the, the main advantage of it is there is a certain ruthless honesty that you usually only have with yourself. For example, we've collaborated with other people in the past on certain shows or projects. And usually if you want to get your opinion across or you don't like something someone did, there's this subtle, very subtle dance of this, what you said is so amazing, but I think it might be better in a future episode if we put a pin in it. There's all this kind of dance around the issue. With each other, because we've grown up around each other and been around each other our whole lives, there's almost a ruthless honesty. Well, how are we too honest? So yeah. like, this, how's this idea? It's terrible. It's terrible. Don't do it. Well, now, you're as nice to your twin brother as you are to yourself, and I'm not particularly nice to myself. So we're kind of each other's editor and check, and while sometimes our results in slightly hurt feelings, we're used to it. So. What's interesting, though, Dan, speaking of editing, is this. With Instagram, one of the things that you have as a creator is you have these incredible tools at your disposal that give you instant feedback and instant metrics on anything you put up. You can know did men like it? Did women like it? How many people at this age group responded? How many, how many likes did I get? 
the thing that we have to avoid often is getting perverted by the data. Because if you, a lot of people might look at what gets the most likes, and it could be a Kanye West post. And the next thing you know, your entire account is, you know, a bunch of celebrities, and you just keep doing celebrities. And we probably could have even more followers if you would change. We did, we did a post a while ago that was Kim Kardashian taking her last selfie at the age of 85 or something, a last bus selfie. You could do an entire account. It's just butt selfies of celebrities because you would say, oh, this is what gets traction. And that may get you followers, but the content obviously would suffer. So we more have to watch getting seduced by the likes. That, that is, that is an, another thing. I mean, that, it, though it feels gratifying to have almost real-time access to that. The serotonin rush. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, everybody <laughs> likes to see a like on their post. But, you know, right, this, exactly. is, this is more than a personal thing for you, and you're kind of responsible for how the audience uh, is is supposed to take your work. So yeah, if you start listening too much to the audience, then it's really kind of the audience's comic strip. And the audience, in just by and large, we're idiots. Don't trust us. Right. Well, you also have – listen, they're a certain kind of idiot. We're a certain kind of idiot. But the moment you stop being authentic is when things start going pissed up, you know? Right, and if you just start doing what you think people want to have, it's sort of like eating McDonald's. You know, it tastes good in the moment, and then five minutes later you feel sick and you get obese and you have high blood pressure and diabetes and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instagram diabetes, it is, it is very Instagram easy diabetes, to fall into. It's a, it's a travesty. It's from the healthcare system. <laughs> well, well, then, uh, and, and I promise I'll let you go very quickly after this, but now no, I'm curious where, you know, somewhere in the success of, of the comic series on social media, it turns into now you're doing uh, an animated uh, uh, you know, show or feature or something with, with real actors and a real production budget and is going to be distributed. How, where's the link in there? Who is the cigar-chomping Hollywood mogul who said, it's time to get the Lair Boys out? Listen, uh, we can only be responsible for chugging along in kind of total drudgery in our office, far too close to each other, arguing and drawing. We have actually written a pilot of this as a sketch comedy show because we think we have basically have 700 cartoons right now. We do one a day except for the weekends. And most of these cartoons have in them the kernel of a larger sketch to play out. So in our minds, it's, we always, our favorite shows were like, you know, Monty Python and stuff like that. This would be basically the, the truest look into our diseased brains if this were a show. We may, in, in short order, be going out with this as a show, as a sketch comedy show. We'll see. Ooh. Well, you know, I've, and, and every change along this journey, feel free to give us a call back because I would love to keep up with it. We absolutely will. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. All right. And without having seen it, I just have to, and this is probably my own fault, but uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, we did a show uh, about the, the old Head of the Class series. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. And so that kept creeping into my brain as I'm trying to picture what this show could be like. Well, it's funny. It's very funny you bring up Head of the Class because Head of the Class was based on the IHP program, which was an individual honors program. And that's the program that we went to junior high school for was the program that head of the class was based on. And in that program with us was Mayan Bialik, who obviously is now on, um, uh, you know, Big Bang, Big Bang, Bang. And a million other things, and just did a book, blah, blah, blah. So we have, at, we have all these 
of course, the, the stories and the people that we knew and all that, all that, which is shared similarities with Heather Class and with, with Mayan, all those type of things came up in writing this and were served as kind of our inspiration. Oh, oh, I see. I had no idea I was talking to the real-life Robin Givens. I, I thank you so much. <laughs> I was married to Mike Tyson for a short spell. It didn't go that's well. Really, that's really the only way to be married to him, I'm, I'm told. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I really want to thank you guys, and I know I've already gone past what we promised, so uh, I will let you go. But first, uh, please, by all means, I want to let you use this opportunity to plug anything else you might have coming up. Well, I would encourage anyone who's listening to go onto Instagram and check out Lehrer Boys, um, which is at L-E-H-R-E-R-B-O-Y-S. And we're currently uh, developing some pretty cool shows with some pretty cool people. We can't really get into who they are, but they're some of our favorite people around. Oh, I and love those mystery plugs. Very soon. Perfect. And, uh, and, and I will then I will also, on your behalf, say... Yes, go and check these comics out. If you like Far Side, this is kind of what Gary Larson would have to be doing if he was in distribution <laughs> now. So they have cracked that code. Uh, I want to thank you guys very much again for joining us. Uh, and uh, when when can we get a look at, at Highly Gifted? Any any plans on where and when? I think the year 2045 is being uh, planned to launch. But it's going to hit big. <laughs> Very big January of that year. You know, typically, you need to, that kind of run up these days. We're well, right. well done. <laughs> we're talking to distributors now, and there are there are a number that we're trying to weigh which is the best. But hopefully, we'll have updates in the next in the next month, few months. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? There's a very good chance the the next cigar chomping Hollywood mogul in your in your journey is listening to this show, and this is going to happen now. The magic begins here. So uh, thank you guys very much. Keep working hard at entertaining us. Uh, keep working hard at being a little bit smarter than most of the other people out there. And I know I can pick it up. But then again, we were gifted together. <laughs> yes, we were the bubble boy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.